Welcome to our newest episode of the Lebanese Physicians Podcast. And today, actually, we will be talking to the wife of a Lebanese physician, discussing her move to the United States and living as an immigrant in the U.S. Uh, we're going to title our podcast that she lived in sandwich or in French, à l'habité à sandwich, right, Pauline? I think so. And uh, reflections of an immigrant uh, to the United States. And uh, my, our guest today is uh, Pauline Mhenna Karoum who will be discussing uh, this with us. So Pauline, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you ended up in the United States? Yes, hi Khalil, thank you so much for having me. Or should I say Dr. Khalil, Professor Khalil. <laughs> uh, okay, actually I, I started my life in the United States in 2011 when I came with my husband who was going to do his residency in neurology in Springfield, Illinois. And I always knew that I like to write and writing is always something that I love to do most of my time. So in 2012, I started writing a novel related to not really my own experience, but more about the experience of an immigrant, a woman who decided to, to marry someone who's also Lebanese and move to the United States with her. Now, my main character name is Therese. She's not me, I'm not really Therese, but uh, she's, she's any woman who moves to the United States and comes uh, without really knowing how her new life will be in a country where she had never actually lived really. Yes, especially when Therese moves to Sandwich, Illinois. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Sandwich, Illinois actually is a city that exists. It's almost an hour from Chicago. It's not really in Chicago, so that means it's a very rural place. Therese was living in Lebanon, in Beirut. It was a Beirut that is very different from maybe the Beirut that we know now. So she was very happy. She didn't really know what is going to, how is her life going to be in the United States. And I think that in Sandwich, she had a lot of problems to adapt and to adjust to her new life. I guess Therese, the character reflects your thoughts and what happened when you moved over to the U.S., right? Yes, it is related to my thought because I felt like uh, the fact to, to really marry someone that you love, but also like the, the effort to do to start your life somewhere where you really don't know anyone, where it's very different from what you're used to, and where really like your, the language also was uh, missing. I wasn't really fluent in English. French was my, my first and the work language. So it was very difficult. And it was a rural place where you can't really work, start your career. You have to start all over again. So that is not really my story, but it reminded me of the difficulties that we can end up having when we are not in our own country or where we're not in a place where we, we can be comfortable. I think your, your novel, I think, goes well with a lot of what immigrants to the United States or to other countries even for that matter uh, go through. And I think it goes well with what's happening right now with the mass uh, immigration that's happening from uh, Lebanon, part of it is forced. And so can you tell us like, what were the difficulties that Therese faced when she moved over there? Yes. And did she overcome them or did she not overcome them? And if she did overcome them, how did she do that? Yeah, that's a good question. So. Uh... 
like when you move somewhere else, even if uh, we are never really ready to, to start our life somewhere, even if we start, even if we're successful, even if we build our career, we, all, we always end, end up like missing our own country. So I feel that one of the main important thing is that Therese felt that it wasn't her home. Uh, she was far away from her country. She was feeling uh, uh, it was difficult for her to have a new space and to feel that she is comfortable where she is. So I wanted to show and demonstrate the difficulties that you may have, even if you are not in a, you're better in a maybe economical place, but you're not better emotionally and culturally. Like you feel, okay, I'm maybe stable. I'm, I'm really, it's better for me. I'm probably more wealthy than what, when I, where I was before, but in the same time, I'm not happier. And, and this is something that we all men sometimes feel because I mean, happiness is related to too many things. And I feel that immigrants sometimes forget about the main thing, which is what makes us happy is to really contain and maintain our, our relation to our country. So I feel that for Therese, what, what ended up helping her is really to try to do her best to keep with her country, to keep the relation going on and try to build something between the United States and Can you give us an example of some of the difficulties that Therese went through when she moved there? Yes, one of the things that that I can think of is, for example, her her son's birthday. So she is in a different country. She wants to do her his first year. She's very happy. Uh, she has her first. In her case, it was a son, and she wants to celebrate his uh, one year old. And the way she sees the birthday is very different from the birthday that is overseas. Like, you know, like in Lebanon, when we, uh, when we were uh, younger, when we celebrate birthday, the whole family is together. We are uh, like, the all ages are together. We feel that we are really celebrating something, uh, all of us. And in the United States, it's really something where you end up like doing a birthday for only two hours. It's very practical. And there is not a lot of, emotional or in, like relations that are the same than what you, when we celebrate with family and people that you knew you grow up with. So, so Therese, for instance, like the day of her son's birthday is very difficult. That reminded her of how much she's lonely when she is not home and how much she, she misses her best and how much is now her best is really the best. It's not now the like, yeah, this is this goes for birthdays, for holidays like Christmas. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it goes for any celebration where we really start to feel uh, lonely because I mean, even if we are, we have friends here, we're happy, but the friends never uh, uh, replace family and never replace a country. So you feel sometimes that the, those are the moments when an immigrant miss being home or miss being uh, with uh, with his community or. How did how did Therese connect with her home country afterwards? Like, what did she do to feel that she's serving her country to feel better about things? So it took her a lot of time and energy to think about the in her case the ten years that she spent in the United States. It took her a lot of work on herself to accept that uh, now Therese is a different person in a different place and a different country, and to to feel more comfortable with who she is. 
she will end up creating a, 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 a language center because she, she it, for her it was very important for her kids to learn the language and to explain to the world and specifically to sandwich where she comes from so she'll she'll end up to be happy teaching arabic and do, do you think the fact that she moved to sandwich initially for example if she had moved to dc or new york or some other big city initially would it have been easier or you think it's it's would have been the same for Therese? Uh, with time, I learned that probably it would have been easier, but some of the things would have been harder because when we when you move to a city like DC, Chicago, or somewhere else, the good thing about it is you don't you don't have a lot of difficulties to adapt. I mean, you can meet another Lebanese people, you can end up international community, and even the Americans are really used to be with uh, foreign uh, uh, like citizens. Now, the case when you, you move to in a small town, you have to adopt a lot and you have to integrate. The good thing about like in my case or Teresa's case is that you learn more easily the language because you have to. For instance, in my case, I was so uh, uh, like, uh, I used to speak in French with the waiter. I couldn't even say water correctly. And if I say water, it's like the, the way they will look at me like what are you saying and and so I feel that oh this kind of experience you don't necessarily have it somewhere where there is a lot of international community already so so the good thing about ending up in a small place or start your life in a in, in, a, in a, a smaller city is that you you have to adapt you have to adjust and the good thing uh, that you end up maybe learning a language or or reading a lot because you have a lot of time <laughs> so there is a good also in that and, uh, and so it's basically what you have and i think what a lot of immigrants have is is i guess nostalgia right to your to, it, yeah and, and all this question i always have this question in my mind is it like nostalgia to the country itself or is it just nostalgia to how you grew up in your childhood uh, to the nostalgia the people who were there uh, i don't know what do you think it is like what's what's is it just because you grew up there you're just attached to it it's nostalgia to a place where you're not uh, there no more but to a place also that you feel is disappearing to uh, experiences and souvenirs that are now in the from the past and that you feel you will probably never live again and you're like your your uh, uh, kids won't live like they'll be in a. They are in a very different place than than than. For instance, me and my in, in growing up in Lebanon, it's very difficult, and it's very different. So I feel that uh, it's nostalgia, but also the feeling that you are you're losing a part of who you who you were in the past, and you have to 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 continue living as if life is normal and adapt and adjust and accept the idea that. Uh, probably your kids will ever have the same uh, uh, life or uh, same souvenir than yours. And maybe this is not bad, but uh, like for sometimes when you feel this nostalgia, you, you, you would like them to live also some of your souvenirs. Right, right. And yeah, and, and, and think, I think one thing, I mean, if you, if you read the life of immigrants since long time i mean people have been immigrating or emigrating from their countries uh, for a very long time and and you can read stories of nostalgia even at, at these times and i think it was harder at that time because you weren't able to even communicate with your home country uh, except via maybe letters 
that take months yes. to to get there uh, but you weren't able now you can just go on whatsapp or facetime or whatever and talk to anybody see some pictures and so maybe it's easier now especially with globalization happening uh, but one thing yes, i think you're, you're right and some some of us have done it where we decided to move back actually just for that for that reason and to give our kids that same experience uh, uh, but but I think at the same time, the country is changing. Like you have nostalgia to a certain place that's no longer there even now because it moved on, it's changing. Uh, maybe in the case of Lebanon for the worse right now, but uh, what do you think of that? I don't know, because there's change there, there's change here, changing everywhere. That, that's true, you're right. And I feel that um, like you yourself, this is the experience of coming back and, and probably wanting your, your kids to have the same experiences that you had when you were younger. And, and I feel that um, even now things are, are, are more difficult and more really harder for the immigrant because when he sees what is going on in Lebanon, uh, we're not only worried about our uh, souvenirs being souvenirs, but mainly about the country that that is not existing at all normal that we don't recognize at all like and and at the same time you feel you're we're not really guilty but at the same time we have a lot of attachment and links and ties to to where we come from but in the same time we feel hopeless because we can't really change anything so i mean we're in the we're in the same time really uh, maintaining the relation with Lebanon, but in the same time, we can't do anything to, to save the country, despite the fact that we all as immigrants want the country to change for the best and come back to what we know it as, as Lebanon. I mean, you can do small things, but, but not necessarily big things that will lead to big changes because we're limited in terms of what we can do. Do you think this is a uniquely Lebanese things, or uh, have you talked like as I mean, I, I know you've written your book, you've been around, you've discussed it multiple times now. Do you think it also goes to other immigrants from other countries that they have the same? Yeah, problem? I think that, and you're right, it's not only to Lebanese, like any immigrant diaspora that is created outside when you feel that there are sometimes three or four more a number of people living outside and inside the country, then it creates uh, ties between uh, the persons that are outside. But in the same time, always the same problem that keeps coming back, the fact that that's true that we have to, to start by doing small things. But in the same time, not everyone is willing to do the small things. And if you, if you forget about Lebanon, uh, like it, 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 we, we can see it now, if we, if we forget about Lebanon, Lebanon is almost dying and, and it really needs us to, to, to come back to, to Lebanon as the Lebanon that we know. So I feel that you're right. It's the story of any immigrant, but in the same time, it is a story of Lebanon now that is really having a lot of problems in, in 2021, where we feel as diaspora, uh, the urge really, the, 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 the importance to help, but in the same time, uh, we, we can't do anything. We 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 really we we're not we we can't do anything. So no, it's it's particular today to the Lebanese diaspora where we feel helpless. I think it could. I mean, I haven't. Thought, you probably talked to more diaspora than me, but if I think about the Af Afghani diaspora or the Syrian diaspora or or the Yemeni diaspora. I don't know how they're feeling. Have you talked to any of them, like in terms of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, even like, you, know, you have a Tunisian diaspora that is very, um, like, active in DC. We have, a, there is a Moroccan diaspora. Um, 
the, the diasporas in general have point that have very things and many things in common. But in the same time, uh, today the Lebanese diaspora is having uh, really a lot of of more. Um, not problems, but in the same time, there we are. We are trying to to demonstrate to show how much things are bad in Lebanon today, and they're not that bad in Morocco or Ethiopia. Probably much more in Afghanistan, but I mean, uh, for some diasporas, they're they're trying to do their best, and when they do their best, they're they're doing it. But in our case, I don't feel that we can that we have the feeling that we are uh, able to change anything maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe there are some some like uh, um, members of the Lebanese diaspora that don't feel that hopeless that that me but i feel now that uh, that part of our history is dying and and we're not doing that much to to save it Back to so, so Therese, is she still in Sandwich now, or did she move out of Sandwich and go? So there is a very that's a very interesting question because if I tell you you're not going to read the book when it will be translated to English, so I'm not going to tell you that. But what I can tell you is that the book's title is an imparfait. It's not in presence. Elle habite. I found it. It was in the past. But in the same time, you really have to read the book because we're not sure if she's leaving Sandwich or not. Did she adapt at the end? Like, was she able to yes. adapt? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She adapt. She, she's living in the United States and you have to adapt. One of the good things about being here is that you learn to adapt. You learn to see the, the good thing about everything. So, yeah, she's complaining a lot, but she's going somewhere. Does she feel that people are accepting in the United States? Like, are they, are they uh, accepting of people coming from outside or uh, are they resistant to people from outside, especially in small towns in the Midwest, I guess? In small towns, they, 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 wait, they, uh, they expect the persons or the, immigrant, the, the immigrants to, to adapt. They, they, they're not necessarily willing to, to accept you of who you are and where you come from. In, in big cities, this is a different story. Basically, you have to prove yourself or yes. work hard yeah. towards it, but then you're accepted. But and then you're accepted, and not only you're accepted, you're considered as someone bringing something to the society. I'm going to compare since we're discussing this right now. Uh, how do because you, you've lived in you've lived you've lived in Paris too for a bit, right? Haven't you? Yes, four years. <laughs> Right. So, if you compare the U.S. to France, uh, do you think there's a difference in acceptance of immigrants between the two countries, or or do you think it's pretty much the same? That's a difficult question. I know. Uh, let's Putting you on the spot. Yeah, but that's a good question. Let's compare. Um, to be fair, let's compare the life in, uh, for instance, D.C. to the life in Paris. I won't really compare the life in. In, uh, in Paris to a life in a small rural place. It is, it is a different story, different expectations and different things. So let's, let's start by, by comparing things that can be comparable, two cities. And if you compare like the life in, in Paris to the life in DC, I feel that there are things in common. I feel that in both uh, uh, cases, you will find, uh, end up finding people that are that want to, that accept immigrant that consider that immigrants are bringing a lot to the society and there are some people that consider that 
uh, well, we should necessarily be here. And we, but I feel that in the in DC, we are more willing to 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 accept the difference. It's not that in Paris we we don't. That's not true. But in the same time, I feel that. Paris has a lot of uh, like uh, there are a lot of things to and a lot of people to 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 adjust and in in uh, here it's like it's more considered as uh, not easier but but more like uh, welcoming if I can say that there is more place for 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 everyone in Paris we we're so much there are so many foreigners that I feel that. Uh, you really have to do a lot to adapt, much more than in this. And question for you is: with, with your kids, do you think like what? What do you see as their future? You're raising them in DC right now. Do you think are you raising them as? And I think that's the question that a lot of immigrants have. Not not just to you. I think are you raising them as Americans? Are you raising them as French? Are you raising them as Lebanese? Or is it just a combination? Or, or what? What do you want for them when they grow up? What do you want them to be? I want them to be free. I want them to be able to say that they can choose anywhere they want to be. I want them to be happy. If that means that they want to live in Sandwich, I'm very okay with that. I'll go to Sandwich to visit them. If they want to live in Paris, I'm, I'm going to Paris to see them. If they want to stay in DC, I want them to be happy. And it, I, I really don't care about the city. It's not up to me to decide what they want for their future. What I want them is to be really able to think what works the best for them and where they're the happier. So I really don't want to decide like saying, oh no, they should stay in the United States. It's the best country in the world. Although I do think that. And in the same time, I don't want to tell, oh no, they shouldn't stay here. They should go to Paris. This is, I mean, I love Paris, but in the same time, uh, they're Americans too. So I feel that they'll, they'll be happy. Naturally, they'll be happy here. They, they will be happy in Paris because they speak the language. They will be happy in Lebanon because this is where their parents are from. So they could be happy anywhere if they decide to adapt. I think it's a, I think that's the right thing to say. I think in their, in their age, it's more of a globalized world. Exactly. Um, maybe they have some roots somewhere, but for the most part, I, I think this generation will be probably living anywhere that, that works for them. Probably they're going to be better than us adapting maybe. Yeah, and we shouldn't spend our time telling them all oh, the life in, in Lebanon was better or the life in the United States is better or the life in France. I think that we have to give them the freedom to decide where they want to be because that, because that we were raised in a way where we had the right to leave our country. And I want to give them that right too. If they feel that they're not happy, then they, they shouldn't stay. And if they feel that they're happy where they are, so they should stay. What advice do you have? I mean, now there's a lot of people in Lebanon who are emigrating out to the US, to the Gulf, to Europe, to multiple other places. What advice do you have for these people? Because all of these people are actually basically restarting their lives from scratch. So I, yeah, my, 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 my advice is for women, especially to never stop working. They, they, they shouldn't, if they follow someone by love, and this is great, they shouldn't stop working because it's, this is very important for them to prove, them, to prove themselves to, to their family, to themselves, to the society. So the first thing that is very important is that you shouldn't stop working. You shouldn't stop thinking. You shouldn't stop contributing to the society whenever you are. 
in Dubai, in Saudi Arabia, in the United States, in France, anywhere, you have to start somewhere, but you have to start. You couldn't, uh, you shouldn't say, well, well, maybe it's my partner, I don't need to work, or maybe, oh, I'm in a situation where, no, we should all start somewhere. Like our kids who go to school in any place they can, we also have to, to learn to adapt if we are a woman or someone, a man following woman, any, anyone. We, for me, it always like the happiness is to start somewhere and to start somewhere, you have to keep yourself busy. And not only by, by being a partner of someone, but mainly about by working, improving yourself as, a, as someone who works. You want to prove you're, you're doing something uh, yes. beneficial. That is yeah, it, it can be volunteering in a school. It can, be, it can be volunteering in a bookstore. It can be anything. But you have to spend your time and, and willing to accept that you are now in a different place. Your book is El Elabite uh, a sandwich, and it's only in French at this point, although you are working on translating it to English, so I can read it myself, right? That's true, yeah. <laughs> and then you can read it, and everyone can read it if, if they, they, they want to read it in English, yeah. It's selling on Amazon, right? Yes. Any, anywhere else, or just Amazon at this point? At this point, Amazon Prime, it's on Prime too. It's on Kindle, if someone doesn't like to read the, the book normally. And it's uh, anywhere where Amazon is, like in Paris, normally in all the bookstores, but in United States for now, in Bonjour Books, it's a library that is close to DC and in Amazon too. And you can find it at bookstores too, potentially yes. not only on Amazon. And you have a website too, right? Don't you have a website? Yes, I do have a website. So it's my my first name, Pauline. Uh, my last, my two last names, mohannakarun.com. Do you have also a you have a LinkedIn, but you don't have a Twitter handle, right? Do you? I have, but I don't really use it, which I regret. I should use it more. Maybe we'll market it for you and see. <laughs> yes, hopefully, <laughs> because I know that you are active on on Twitter more. Thank you, uh, thank you, Pauline, for uh, for talking to us about your book. Uh, and I think uh, hopefully people uh, have learned a bit about what immigrants go through uh, when they come to different countries and uh, and how they adapt. I think the, 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 the biggest thing is that I think humans tend to are able to eventually adapt wherever they go. And that's a very important thing. And especially, I think, Lebanese people, just because even life in Lebanon, you probably have to adapt on a daily basis. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.